Welcome everybody to a brand new episode of MoCast. Yes, we're still calling it that. Although you might have noticed that it has been changed to being a very spec-specific mm. podcast, talking with all of the big brains from the Discord classes, you know, theory crafters, you know, highly experienced players and all of that. And um, today, Flame, oh, what are we looking at? We have one of my personal favorites, Unholy DK. Unholy. And so we have... Uh, a couple of faces you might have you might seen have before. Seen. Uh, hello, guys. It's been a long time, guys. Hello. Hey, hello. how's it going? So, so we have banter, we have taste, and we have biceps. Because um, I know we did the frost decay with the boys, but I think it's uh, pretty safe to say that uh, these boys are into like all of the DK specs to an extent. Oh yeah. And I know biceps especially is a very unholy man uh, uh, DK a sorry DK. yeah okay. <laughs> he has he has a lot of experience and by the way he did post out a brand new video uh, in terms of covenant so you should check that out we'll talk a little bit about that and we are going to talk a lot about unholy DK we're going to get into probably some 9.1 things you know past present future all of that pretty much more or less the same format as the last time. Yeah, the, the, the difference is as clearly, um, depending on when you're watching these uh, more guests, right now we actually have a lot more info about the 9.1 changes and what we're gonna have in. And yes. uh, I know Taze here has been uh, hinting and <laughs> teasing at a couple really cool <laughs> things that we at least want to mention uh, during the podcast about Frost as well. So if you're still interested in Frost, you can yeah. might find something uh, for your liking here but uh let's get on with it boys um for anybody that doesn't know already can you guys do like a quick quick intro very quick um or they can just check the frost one. but yeah, 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 yeah we can we can go through a little, little, yeah. little bit just to tell, oh, no, just, no, just a tip you go ahead banter i see you you're a determined man let's go sure <laughs> hey guys i'm banter i'm very underslept um <laughs> and i am an admin on the death knight discord also known as acaris and i love dk <laughs> That's why we're here. Hello, uh, I'm Taze. Um, I'm theory crafter for the uh, Acaris Discord. Uh, I do a lot of stuff that you'll never see. I also study psychology. Going to talk about some cool stuff today, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, loud wait. Who, who's this? Who, who's that shaven face? The only shaven face. <laughs> hey, guys. Vice Pompeo. I'm the uh, well-heard DK DPS writer, both Frost and Unholy. I also make uh, video guides, I stream on Twitch, and I'm a useful minion in the Acris Discord. I'm also um, heavily involved in the theory crafting of DKs, not as much as I used to do. I know Taze has taken over a lot of my previous responsibility, especially when it comes to writing the action priority list for the simulation craft. I mean, somebody somebody has to stream more and you know, show the people the proper way to play on Holy Decay. Yeah. So you know, yeah, you can you, know, you can good, you can catch biceps. So. It's a good it's a good Smashing. dynamic. It's a good very good dynamic. Um, I think uh, just just to add, I, I know uh, Taze mentioned you know, he's into psychology. Uh, we we I'm pretty sure a lot of the, the people from our community know Banter is teaching game dev development. Yeah. Um, but you know that I is correct. Know, yeah. Yeah. Biceps. Uh, what did you study, my friend? Can I mean, if, can you talk about what you studied or? Sure. Yeah. I I studied a I did a master of physics, <laughs> specialized <laughs> in uh, biophysics and uh, quantum information processing. Right. So that's I'll, what you now, need to be able to play and hold. <laughs> I'll, I'll see myself out. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I work with uh, data science in the in the financial industry. Wow. Which is quite. Uh, disjointed from there hasn't been yeah. it's been a long time since there were so many words at once that i didn't yeah. understand I mean, <laughs> I mean if we were to do the podcast as we used to do it you know i would get into that she would oh she, that, that would be that would be so like, cool. like tell me more but biceps. i mean on the same vein we can talk about unholy it's probably gonna turn yeah, out for me way. for me it's gonna be the same because i don't think i ever played unholy in my life so this is gonna be a very educational show for me yeah yeah well all right well let's 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 hop into it um <clears throat> Let's actually go a little bit into uh, what the 9.1 kind of has in store because may, well, a lot of people might be interested in with the 9.1 yeah. coming out just around the corner. Although we we might not have, you know, like... It's every, not, it's not the clear picture. We have yeah. a couple of things and we can get into those. But I, I think the boys will agree that we have to disclaim this. Things will change. Nothing will be concluded here. Just mm. a nice discussion on what is happening so far. Otherwise, we could just dig a grave for boomies. Right? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, okay, thoughts. Let's get, let's get into like a little bit of a thought process. Like, well, what do you guys think of uh, what's been data mined so far and 9.1 and what's changing for 
for unholy, anybody can start chipping in and we can we can develop from there. Well, let's start, start simple. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that shit. Oh. I love it. Bye. <laughs> uh, so let, let's just start simple. The new legendaries. They're, uh, how do I put it? Not, they're not good. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, when it comes to the new legendaries, they may seem cool or seems like they may be powerful in a specific situation. They're just, they don't really do anything special. They may have some niches, but not really worth looking in too much. Yeah, I, I disagree with that sentiment. You know, there's one new legendary for each covenant. And I feel like, you know, if someone were to give me a task and say to me, you know, you need to create one new legendary for each covenant, which is associated with covenant abilities. What has come out is kind of sensible from my point of view. You know, you can't do a ton of things using the Covenant abilities and like adding on top of them. So I feel like the um, the release legendaries are fine. They kind of they are pretty interesting in their own way when related to the Covenant abilities, but they're not very powerful. And I also kind of like that. I think it would be rather detrimental if we come out and you see like, oh, Nightfae got a new legendary, which is now Abyss. So just let everyone jump onto the Nightfae train, even though if you don't want to swap Covenant. It is better that there are these new interesting legendaries which are better. So whoever who doesn't care too much about throughput, they can pick them up and play with them and can have fun with them. And then players are playing at the very high end that are very careful and very uh, mindful about throughput. They don't really need to bother about it. The new legendary is a fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) They're poorly designed. They're boring. Like... I mean, I mean, it, it feels like an intern made this. In all honesty, like, <laughs> really? I mean, it's just this. This parameter is increased by this much, or you get one resource. Like, it's so boring. Like, I I understand that. Like, you might have more blood decays in Venthyr. So why does it not do something more interesting for like blood decay? Like, I understand it has like a healing component, but they're just not interesting in my opinion, then there needs to be like some kind. So the idea is that the ability from the covenant is like a bit of a toy, right? So we go into the stuff in game design, like the idea of a toy. What the legendaries should be doing is making something that is different versatility wise. So the same way we have like super strain, right? In your Torghast. If you're playing Unholy, you can actually get a Torghast power that has a frost damage component to it if you run the Super Strain Legendary, or you can get some other way to get frost damage out. I think that type of interaction is where the Legendaries should be going, especially with Covenant Legendaries. Mm. Not basically just picking a parameter and turning it up one tick. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think uh, whenever it comes to game design, be it WoW or anything, Blizzard had had uh, had some interesting ideas when they uh, altered how certain mechanics of a spec worked with adding a, a legendary or another another type of system. And obviously, um, that would be the ideal one. And at the same time, I I'm looking at the legendaries from the perspective of somebody who plays all three specs, and I was like, I really don't want to feel like I need to switch to Nightfae for Frost or to Venthyr for Blood. So, I mean, what kind of legendaries would they be doing? Would could they be doing to make sure that the covenants uh, balance don't seem too skewed? Um, although they seem to have been doing but an okay job so far, I guess. Um, I, there's very few classes where where there's like, okay, you take this covenant and you just totally forget about the rest. Like, I don't know exactly how the latest sims are for unholy when it comes to uh, you know covenant uh, choices uh, ran against each other. Uh, I knew that uh, last time when we did uh, we did our research for Unholy and talked with you guys, uh, there were some of them are were pretty close. Um, I don't know like how the standing is now and how it looks in 9.1. Maybe you guys can uh, can uh, talk a little bit about that if if it's changed in any way. So I mean, just started getting the data for this, mm. but uh, only thing that I'm seeing right now is there's two kind of major outliers when it comes to 9.1. And that happens to be Pelagos for Kyrian and uh, Hymar for Necrolord. Otherwise, everything else kind of falls behind. Unholy doesn't benefit much from a third potency conduit like uh, a lot of other specs, namely uh, Obliteration for Frost. Just a hint, hint there for you guys. So 
when it comes down to it, uh, those that get those two extra throughput slots in the uh, slowbind trees like Pelagos and Highmark just gain so much more benefit. Yeah, uh, so much more benefit overall than what you'd get from taking a third potency. I mean, I, I can see uh, a combat meditation being good for. Is that is combat meditation one of the main reasons why you would why you would want Pelagos, or is this something new that I haven't caught up caught up on? Um, so there's actually a new trait that he has um, that increases your strength by twelve percent uh, just randomly throughout the fight. But 12% strength, uh, that's also multiplicative with unholy strength, it, it kind of gets a little bit extreme if they're both up at the same time. Ooh. But as for unholy, Pelagos isn't like super far out ahead just because it's on a uh, his major buff's on a 60 second cycle and unholy doesn't really align with that. So Pelagos isn't like insane. That's kind of where Hymar comes in. I feel like Pelagos specifically, he's just strong for everyone. There isn't something mm. specific that aligns Pelagos with Unholy. It's just that Pelagos works with everything, and it's just generally oh, yeah. the best covenant for, or just the soulbinding Korean. And now we then yeah. get two extra throughput abilities, which has been interesting. With the 1.9 changes, what they did was essentially they attached one potency, and then at the bottom, there's a throughput spell for the soulbind. And that formula applies to pretty much everything, except Pelagos and Aemir. And they then obviously become somewhat outliers. Oh. Sorry. Nadia Faventa is also, uh, I think she's going to be okay. Because uh, again, we get the two top potency. We have the, uh, um, the ability that buffs your Runeforgers. And then her final one is also pretty good. It's essentially, it has essentially the exact same value as the first spell in the tree. And that already is like an okay Soulbind spell. Yeah, I could definitely see it getting a lot of use in AoE if you're vent there. Just on the note of like people stopping to like Kyrian, right? I'd say like what roughly half of the people who are Kyrian or Kyrian is their beast is literally just because Peli God X is just amazing, and now they're just making me even better. So I find that a bit weird. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, I think it, it's it's most most of the first uh, Soulbinds from the, the Covenants, I don't know, maybe this was a philosophy for them to just have it, especially Kirin. I feel like Kirin had most appeal for a lot of people, and it seems like, in general terms, for most, most classes, the first Soulbind is always, always tends to be the pretty good. Look at Nia from, well, from Night, the fairies, Night the Night yeah. Fairy, yeah. And, you know, there's there's Pelagos for, for Kyrian, there's Nadia for Ventus. Like, the first Soulbinds always tend to be the best yeah, for some uh, reason. It's interesting, and uh, one of the things that they have in common, at least Nia with Pelagos, at least in 9, 905, is that uh, their, their main mastery buff procs with the ability usage. So, because I'm thinking right now, um, that that's why I, I mentioned combat meditation, but, you know, I mean, whatever 9.1 brings is probably going to, end up being sent first i don't know with what what uh, iteration the final pelagos will be because just looking at what while we do like uh, guides for pretty much all the specs a lot of the specs that like pelagos probably like nia for the same reason is that you just want that mastery funnel whereas even if your spec doesn't really like mastery that much having that amount <laughs> of mastery that often is just way too good like demo locks using nia for hp buff <laughs> although the mastery is still good but demo locks don't really I, I guess they do want mastery to an extent, but you know that's that's a whole other whole other topic. Yeah, I, I think uh, I would add to that that any good chunk of a secondary stat will be good. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll just put this in like a like a parenthesis. After talking with Whisper from Ravenhold, he basically I don't know if you guys agree, but I, it tends to make sense. He basically said that Blizzard could any day just swap out the names Critical Strike haste mastery versatility with damage 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 and and any any stat right if you get a good chunk of it just means at the end of the day more damage so this is why nia pelagos this you know a big chunk of mastery sure it's, it's, more, it's, more, it's more damage yeah i, I feel like in order yeah. for, for them to like move away from that concept they would have to like redesign uh, uh, Mashi, I feel like they, they were probably on the money with Mashi where they can define the playstyle of a spec with their mastery. Um, but it ended up something like, like, uh, no offense, like Unholy has what is just like a flat damage increase. Which is great that it makes the spec viable, but I mean, how interesting is that? A flat damage increase, yeah. it's, uh... Hang on, are you saying that secondary stats aren't interesting? <laughs> is that what you're what? saying? Who said, what? Ooh. 
Come on, man. Who said that? We talked about this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember you guys, uh, uh, Taze and Banter, had a really awesome idea of, of a, uh, a sort of a mechanic that uh, I think would have worked well with a possible example of a new mastery system. Like, interactable. Because all, yeah. all specs have some sort of, I don't know, interaction with, okay, if you have more crit, then this can pop off, you get one more rune or whatever, and you'll still fade for rogues and shit like that. So there is this flavorish thing, but it's still, at the end of the day, trans translates to just flat out more damage. You can you can put it in however, in vortex set, however you want. At the end of the day, it could be just damage, damage, damage. Yeah. It's... While it's interacting with it more would make a difference, right? Like, actually play style shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what, was what that the right? frost mastery thing? Yeah, we talked about it last. Yeah, the yeah, first, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool, actually. Oh, you know, yeah, just, it was like percent chance to. Yeah, like apply, your target like decaying some... to frost yeah, damage. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think it consumed the Razor Ice buff to do like big damage or something like that. It was a percent chance to do that or something. It was. I can't uh, remember uh, exactly. And, and anything along the lines of that was was because. And I'll just just before we move on, because I yeah. see like we're moving on a little bit into the classes, and I do want to mention something, guys. In ending with the Covenant discussion on our whole, if you want, you can check Bicep's video out. He talks a little bit more about Covenant, yeah. right? Right? He's not going to tell you what's going on. You're just going to have to go watch. It's in the description, by the way, so you can go check that out. And uh, any anything in-depth related in terms of Unholy Decay you know, videos, I would definitely recommend checking out Biceps. Stream and YouTube, all in the description, boys. Now, uh, uh, back on topic. Um, I was actually uh, talking with uh, Taze the other day on, uh, on a stream about uh, Necrotic Plague, mostly because... I kind of missed the mark. I kind of skipped probably one of the the cooler periods of playing Unholy, and I'm 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 salty now that I heard about it. And uh, we're kind of moving into a direction where okay, let's talk a little bit about how Unholy is designed. Like, um, and we can start with in the same veins as Frost. Is like, what when do you guys think Unholy had like its best moments, either in terms of performance or at least in design in, in the sense of like, oh, this was so interesting to play. Because I remember trying to manage death runes, and I feel like that was a, such an interesting concept. It feels so simple now, but it was like uh, probably a lot cooler than what we have mo in the game right now, to some extent. Hell yeah! Uh, can I start? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Uh, what day? What on holy DK was the best it has ever been, ever? Bar none. Not even close. You had two main player styles. You had uh, a chronic plague, as Tays just said. And for those who don't know what it is or how it played, pretty much think of it like you had to keep a Mage Ignite buff up for as long as possible. And you had to figure out on the fly if you needed to prolong the debuff or just use your resources to just do damage other than trying to prolong the debuff. And then there was other like really cool tricks you could do like trying to like... So it was a stacking debuff and you could let the debuff drop off because you had an ability that could basically get it back up to its maximum stacks very quickly. So there was a, like, a lot of cool little tricks you could do there. You had to have very deep knowledge of the fight and the encounters to min-max it properly. So sometimes you would actually let it drop early so you could build it back up so it will last longer. And then when a bunch of ads come out in a patchwork, or sorry, no, a Beast Lord type fight, probably the best example, uh, all the ads have the debuff for a long duration. But on the other hand, and at the same time, you had Breath of Syndra Ghost of Foreign Holy, which was uh. just front-loading all of your burst as hard as you can go. It played a bit like current Breath, but it was just so much more fun, in my opinion. Um, but when, yeah. when was this? What, 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 what time frame we're talking uh, here? This... This was basically WAD, specifically BlackRock Foundry. It was probably when it was the best, but it was still prevalent in uh, Hellfire Citadel. Right. Oh, man, and it was it. also buffed. Yeah, and it was also assisted by thing like by things like multi strike and stuff like that, which was multi strike. A cool stat. Yeah. What an interesting stat Ooh. we used to have, right? Well, I, oh, was, yeah. that, was that the stat that had the chance to strike twice, or am I mistaken? Yeah, yeah. Well, so replaced with haste, right? Or. No, just got deleted. <laughs> just, yeah, it's like, ah, oh, this is causing too many to. issues. Let's just get rid of it. Yeah, I think it was like if you got a multi-strike proc, you got like more runic power or something like that. I think that's how it worked. Sound like that. And then you had trinkets, which increase your multi-strike by a ridiculous amount. So you could actually guarantee like specific points where your multi-strike would just be probably going to proc more often. So you would just have 
assume that you would have more runic power generation within these windows. And that was really cool gameplay. That was fun gameplay. It was interesting. Unlike now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember specifically leveraging pinch wishel nitrofuel. If you don't remember, oh, this is oh. a bread richer drink. You make you drunk. And if you stand close oh, yeah. to some fiery thing, it deals damage to you. And back in the day, that was magic damage, which you could AMS to gain runic power. So what you do <laughs> wow. is drink pinch wishel nitrofuel, get drunk. Your character actually gets drunk. And then you have a mm. have this uh, fire stand next to you. And you could leverage that to have huge amount of reading power at the start of an encounter. And you pretty much had to do that to uh, min-max properly. You might have seen it in Rex Troy's latest video. He actually used that to one-shot people to kill himself. But nowadays, you can't use it in combat. It doesn't deal damage to you. I actually looked into that yeah. for the theater pain boss. You know, when you go into arena, kill, kill each other. It would be quite nice to use Pinch Whistle and then just kill yourself so you have to get you get that up quick, quickly. Yeah. But they yeah, so that for obvious reasons. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to clarify what Bicep said. Yeah, so basically you set yourself on fire and because fire is a magic type, you put any magic shell on and then at the time any magic shell gave you runic power and you could start combat at 100 runic power, for example. Mm-hmm. And then like the other strategy was, I think it was called the pool party strat where you like dipped into like a lava in an arena. So like Arch- Archimonde, for example, in a Hellfire Citadel just to get 100 runic power. They fixed a lot of that, which is good to yeah. some degree. Like you can't oh, yeah. gain runic yeah. power from environmental damage sources. So most fire mm. on the ground, which you walk into, which deals magic damage to you, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't generate runic power. It has to be like a direct hit with a boss deals a big AOE or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Which is good because it's kind of detrimental to have the unholder players run around and you're know, running into shit on the ground to get runic power. Don't want to have that. Yeah, really. Oh yeah, it was, ran, ran it was definitely Bob degenerative. And the magic just like Bob, where are you going? The bus here. Yeah. Damn it, I got this. The door stand in the fire. I got a soak warning. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. That, that's oh, actually pretty cool. I must say, from uh, from my point of view, uh, Antrus Unholy was my favorite Unholy. I was very much into the Dark Arbiter gameplay. Obviously, big variants. You know, you had those awful, awful ones which just did the, didn't do any damage. But when you'd got a good one, Jesus Christ, that was awesome. I still remember second Heroclear, I had this like insane Dark Arbiter on the very mattress, the single target patchwork fight. Like I was top one for weeks after that. That was just <laughs> insane. I've never gotten that many crits ever. Without power I don't know, it kind of it kind of correlates. I, I played at a somewhat high level, higher than I had used to. And I got great logs, so that's obviously going to bias my view on it. But I, I loved Antrus on Holy. It was so much fun. Great. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, Bicep, except that, I don't know, I was more... I liked it a little bit more in Tomb, just because of the tier set bonus that you had in Tomb, reducing the cooldown of Army, I believe it was. Uh, it just really led to some interesting gameplay where you'd be looking at your Dark Arbiter, you'd be looking at your um, Dark Transformation cooldowns, you'd be looking at your army cooldowns and trying to figure out how to align these in such a way to just blast every like three minutes or so. It was oh, <laughs> so good. I wish we could have that again. I'm actually say, real quick. Did anyone raid? Oh, I was going to say, did anyone raid with multiple unholy DKs in their raid during Legion? Does yeah. anyone remember after every pull, the Unholy DKs would start comparing how much damage their Arbiter did and how big their biggest crit was. Does anyone remember that? Oh man, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to mention the um, pre-pull shenanigans that were pulled in Legion as well, you know? Just Death Gate <laughs> and D&D pre-pull to, to generate oh, RP yeah. for Arbiter. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, current Unholy, I'm actually a big fan. So I said that Antrus Unholy was like my favorite, but current Unholy, I'm a, I, I love it. I know a lot of people think it's like convoluted and annoying with the cooldown reductions, but coming from BFA, which I find is like the, the most boring, unholy single target that has been, Shadowlands is such a stark difference. Like currently, you can mess up royally and like it will ruin your DPS. And I like that. You have to be like, you need to know what you're doing in order to maximize. And there are a lot of min-max things where you have to take decisions on the fly. It all kind of comes together to make it in Holy A quite a skill-based back from my point of view. And that's what I like playing. I'm curious then, Biceps, what do you think of the lack of Festamai with current Unholy then? You know, okay. I say that BFA single target was the most boring Unholy. BFA yeah. with the plus 
Jesus Christ, I love that. Oh boy. Because Vestamite yeah. just added I, I, such I've, I've a... I've seen some shit, man. Yeah, oh remember, my God. Remember the... <laughs> oh my I was actually God, a, I was, man. I was actually about to ask that's like, since we're moving kind of like into a more um, present day unholy, and um, I, I know Biceps likes the, the complicated one, and I found to my surprise that I thought I knew how to play unholy back coming from BFA, <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, why is my damage shit? <clears throat> and then I figured, I was like, okay, there's, there's a little bit more to, uh, to talk about this, so um, if you guys can like tell talk a little bit about the Shadowlands version of Unholy and obviously touch a little bit on Fester Might in the sense of okay what why do we want Fester Wounds anymore and you know kind of talk a little bit about that. Continue what I what I said that Fester Might was awesome in the class it added another dimensionality where you you could uh, leverage this kind of um, uh, what we call funneling gameplay you set up those, all those wounds on lots of targets, you burst them all, gives you a huge strength increase, and then you can funnel that with your single target cooldowns into a boss. And I really like to see that game, kind of gameplay. It, it's very smart, you have to plan it ahead of time. It's very rewarding when you set it up properly. It gives you a lot of damage. And we kind of moved on from that. Current Unholy isn't about that kind of setup. You still You are still rewarded for proper setup, you know, playing with bursting, Bursting source and infected cause is kind of the same thing, but it doesn't get the same distance as the Festimite one. I also kind of like that we went away from the wounds being such a central system in single target. They're not as important anymore. They don't really matter. We're more about our cooldown rotations and setting those up, and I'm much more in favor of that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Bicep. Uh, brings me back to a conversation that we had, I think just before Shadowlands launched. We are talking about idealizing or getting the ideal cooldowns and stuff and when you should hold what cooldown for what <laughs> you're talking uh we were talking about it and you had just mentioned uh like this is just complex coming from a guy who has a master in physics <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, it really funny. took me back <laughs> but yeah unholy right now is very very complex in its presentation really um so you have to really try to sit back or sit down and figure out, okay, I'm going to have this cooldown at this time. Uh, we're going to have ads at this time too, or I'm going to need burst damage here. What cooldown should I hold for when? Should I try to align my cooldowns? Should I not try to align my cooldowns? There's a lot to it right now. And they're actually on the verge of several different really cool gameplay styles. If they just added like one or two more little pinches of stuff in there, like fester might throwing that back in as a legendary could really make the infected claws bursting sores gameplay really engaging in mythic plus again um for example for single target too right now we run army of the damned primarily just because it's it reduces the cooldown of our apocalypse but it also does something else which summons magus and uh, reduces the cooldown of army but it kind of ends up serving the same purpose as gargoyle which sits at the sideline right now because they really kind of do the same thing. Big burst every three minutes or so. If they were to do something that buffed Gargoyle too, could see some interesting Gargoyle gameplay coming out again too. I mean, uh, you guys you guys uh, tend to all agree that uh, Unholy is quite complex. And I'm going to I'm gonna chip in here from the, the point of view of somebody who never played Unholy in his life, but really wants to get in, seeing all your goddamn passion and talking about it like this with so much love. So, what do you guys think, how how easy is it to get into Unholy DK for a brand new player and start performing decently, without ne necessarily min-maxing right from the get-go? What do you think the entry level is for brand new Unholy DK players? I feel like you can play it easy mode. So, uh, sure, you can do a lot of optimizations down the line, but you can make some shortcuts, which gets you like almost the entire way there. Like, the, the whole complexity comes from Holy Blight, Dark Transformation, and Apocalypse. Three abilities which all synergize with, with each other, but all have different cooldowns. And that's where the kind of issue comes into play. If you're a new player, what you can opt to is just you always use Blight with Dark Transformation. Have that as like your main rule. You never use those separately. And then, you know, just use Apocalypse whenever it comes up. It doesn't matter too much. And that kind of, yeah. that solves that. Uh, that solves the problem for new players because right. uh, that's kind of like 95, 99% of our, our 99, 95% there, not all the way, but it's sufficient. Right. 
Yeah, I agree with biceps. It's definitely something that's easy to learn, hard to master, which is always good. Um, and I'd say overall, the amount of complexity to min-max uh, the dynamics is definitely much more easily digestible than it was in BFA, right? So in my opinion, if I was to use game design terms, <laughs> uh, do. Festamite brought a dynamic which had a sort of ramp gameplay where if there were several small adds that were dying at once, you could do a large amount of burst damage on a big ad without even using a single cooldown if you were able to completely stack up your Festamite. The best example was probably Gahoon, in my opinion. So little like wormy things you could do. If you're in phase one of Gahoon, you could explode on a big ad just or just have like a ridiculous amount of AoE if you're able to set up that ramp correctly. And I guess it's a bit interesting because it's different. It's very unique. And I guess you could say it's comparable to like a healer ramp when they're like trying to envelop a bunch of ads and stuff like that. But coming back to current day, it's definitely a lot simpler to keep going and master Unholy now than it was before. Just because I'd say it's definitely just more cooldown based. Is not really that like other complete dynamic with treating enemies as like objects to boost your damage and stuff like that. Just to, to clarify, by the way, my, my comments were based on a raid point of view, so pure single target. Because I feel like that's the well, obviously, Mythic Plus is also complex on another right. whole different level. You do different things, but for, for raiding, the cooldown alignment that's like that's a typical thing. For Mythic Plus, it's about you know setting up your your burst properly, which is a different thing entirely. Maybe that's what makes it uh, difficult sometimes that you have different yeah. dynamics in Myth Plus and Raid and there's like in Myth Plus there's whole, this whole thing of, you know, how do you engage a pool? How long do you spend setting up? How do you then move into your burst window? That kind of thing. Mm. Also, my comment about aligning Blight and Dark Transformation doesn't entirely apply to Myth Plus. If you play Myth Plus and Holy, just use your cool lance all the time. That's the best advice I can give to anyone. <laughs> well. There you go. Heard it here first. Press, <laughs> press, press the buttons works. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what about what about the talents? I feel we, we didn't talk about too much about. Uh, yeah, we, was, we touched a bit. I, on, want, I wanted to gargoyle. mention because uh, also talked. Uh, you guys mentioned the gargoyle, and I know that's. Uh, what was it? Wasn't it at one point in the beta when they made the gargoyle good, but then they nerfed it again? Uh, uh, it was baseline actually oh, right, for baseline, a little right, bit. Right, 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 yeah, right. yeah, it was baseline. What yeah. happened there? What what was the reasoning? Why did they move it? Too many global cooldowns in the opener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically we complained on the forums and they actually changed it. <laughs> well, that, that's, yeah, that, that's good. If, if I recall, I think I might have said this as well in the in the, in our in our beta coverage of Unholy. And I was like, I was counting the globals that I had to press until I could. Okay, now I can start doing damage. Oh right, right. Yeah, that was. It was. The, yeah, it was. was, it, was it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. And also. Um, I mean, a lot of people liked uh, like Gargoyle, and I think I played with Gargoyle uh, with the. Uh, I think Dark Arbiter was a glyph, right? Or was it? That's, that's how I remember. Yeah, it's like an appearance change. Yeah, you talk to a trainer, and they just changed the appearance of Gargoyle to be an Arbiter. And I, and I, and I remember. I think the the only time I played Unholy uh, with uh, with uh, the, the Dark Arbiter was during the Mage Tower. I, I did the Mage Tower, but that was about it. Um, and it was actually really cool. It was a really cool dynamic, and it felt like very. Um, uh, it felt right as an unholy decay to have like uh, to have like the gargoyle, and obviously I, I love Sludge Belcher, but we lost Sludge Belcher. So, <clears throat> but what do you guys oh, think of of, of gargoyle, and uh, how how do you realistically see them bringing it back, or br making it at least competitive with the other options on the last row? So they have to be careful with this one. Because what buffs Gargoyle also buffs Army of the Damned. That being Death Coil or Runic Power Spenders, um, whenever you have that ability up or it's on cooldown. So they have to be careful with this. I think the best way to make it viable would be to just increase its damage. Right now it does roughly 80 to 90% of the damage of an army, but on about the same cooldown if you take Army of the Damned. So it really just doesn't have a niche right now. If they made it to where it did quite a bit more damage, like 120, 130% of the damage of an army in its duration, if it's played well, obviously, because it still builds up damage based on runic power spent, 
then we could really see a dynamic where you have a choice between Army of the Damned, if you want to try to sync your apocalypse with the, you know, the Unholy Blight and try to get all that complexity in, or you could go with a little bit more of a simple style with Gargoyle, where uh, you could take Convocation of the de uh, Dead still and get your cooldown of Apocalypse down about 60 seconds. Unholy Blight and uh, Dark Transformation being around a 50 second cooldown, it, it works out fairly well. And then you could have some massive burst every three minutes, but it's a lot more predictable than Army of the Damned because sometimes you just can't get enough uh, global cooldowns out or spend enough runic power to get it up when you want it. I'd say size is probably a good example of that, yeah? With all the amount of stops that there is in that fight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Sire would be a great fight for a uh, slightly buffed Gargoyle to perform really, really well on. It also brings a really interesting gameplay dynamic too, where every three minutes you're trying to set it up to where you can Unholy Blight, Dark Transformation, and pop your Gargoyle in a specific period of time to try to get that Gargoyle damage ramped up as much as you can. And it's ends up being really cool because you're pooling runic power beforehand you're trying to spend as much runic power as you can inside that window too which also kind of leans a little bit more into that funnel kind of thing that biceps was mentioning if you have a couple ads and you need to funnel onto a target if you're vent there you got a ton of runic power at your disposal right there I, i'd like to mention that um i feel like for goggle to be competitive it needs to be uh better than the other two options on pure single target and this is because Gargle isn't very versatile. Its duration is very long, 30 seconds, and it requires this ramp up time. Like if you if you compare to army, army you use, and as long as you have blight up on your target, that's like, that's the damage you got from that. You don't need to kind of stay on the target. You don't need to spend your resources. It's very passive in that way. With Gargle, if you have to run out for mechanics, if you have to do anything else, it can mess up that cooldown quite significantly. And that downward risk needs to be compensated with an upward gain. So for you to actually have make the choice, I'm going to run Gargle here, it needs to be a little bit better. And I feel like, yeah. I think a Dark Arbiter, that kind of, ah, it was kind of like a very good duration. It kind of it ramped up nicely. Duration not too long, ramp up nicely so that you felt that it was impactful. Currently Gargle is too long and the ramp up doesn't feel impactful. And that's uh, a negative. Yeah, definitely agree there. If they were to produce it at two minutes and then 20 second duration again, I feel like it would fit in very nicely with the current yeah. setup. And you know, maybe they can just change the the um, default look of it to look like a Dark Arbiter, and then we just call it Gargle, but it's actually Dark Arbiter again. <laughs> we all know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely. And <clears throat> while we're still talking about the talents, there are a couple of dead, a couple of dead talents and a couple of talents like uh, I don't know. I feel like they might have worked a little bit better with the Fesher Might. And now that I look at the talents, I'm like, okay, well, Fesher Wounds are not really that great. Like, uh, Pestilence is, uh, is one example. And uh, I feel like Soul Reaper is so good right now that anything on its row is kind of pointless. And I think, like, when talking about the general talent design and general balance, how do you make the Soul Reaper row, for instance, uh, uh, competitive? While, while, you know, maintaining Soul Reaper is still valid and not just nerf it in the, into the ground. Because uh, I, have I have to admit, I kind of like, I didn't like it at first, because uh, I like the, the, the room control that it provided in, in BFA, but having an Execute is kind of like a different dynamic that Unholy didn't have before, and it feels like it's a nice thing to add, but how do you make that, that role still interesting, or at least competitive? So I actually have a counterpoint to that. Um, in PvP, uh, for people who are trying to make Unholy work, because Unholy is quite garbage in PvP right now, um, we're still trying to actually toss up that row. We actually don't know what to run. There is a like a decent top up, toss up between Pestle and Pastorals and Soul Reaper. Yeah, so basically in PvP, if you're going against, in like twos for example, if you're up against like a Disc Priest or a Holy Priest, you really just want to stack up, stack up Necrotic Wounds as quickly as possible. And the best way to do that is with a haste builder running pestilent pastels in your burst windows. So they still serve a purpose, but I think in PvE it's just completely outshined by the execute. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the uh, easiest solution is to make Soul Reaper baseline. It kind of makes a lot of sense. You shouldn't uh, opt into an execute and then just replace that talent with uh, Plague Leech. So something that is actually a resource generator 
on a resource generating ray. So Reaper is like odd one out. The fact that it gives a reading corruption if it kills a target, that doesn't make it a resource generating spell or talent. You know, you just shop it out, make it baseline, and then put in something that makes it a meaningful choice when it comes to resource generation. Yeah, uh, I definitely see that there because the only way they'd be able to make that real competitive is to buff the living heck out of the other two options. And that leads <laughs> to some dangerous situations too. You buff, um, what is that, Harbinger of Doom, I think it is? Old Double Doom, basically. But you buff that too much and you end up in a situation where you can get your army cooled down to like a minute and a half and then that's just broken. <laughs> All right, I got a curveball for you guys. What if we swapped out, so we made Soul Reaper baseline, we put Unholy Assault where Soul Reaper currently is, and we brought back Necrotic Plague on the level 50 row. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I would not go for that right huh? now because Unholy Assault is a 75 second cooldown. Apocalypse mm. is a default 75 second cooldown. Unholy Blight and Dark Transformation are around a 45 to 50 second cooldown. And you just end up in this situation where if that row's set up like that, you're trying to do cooldown gymnastics in your head times three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is indeed I, I true. Think this, yeah. I like the idea of Necrotic Plague, but I feel like uh, we need to take a closer look and not make like a tiny change, just bring it back in for it to be viable. Like, I feel like the spec as a whole needs to uh, revolve around Necrotic Plague instead of having it like, oh, you can pick this up as one build and then nothing kind of synergizes with it. I feel like they, it might just uh, fall flat. What's what's the time yeah, that uh, uh, when you put Death and Decay down, it has a 10% chance of uh, putting a Fesher uh, wound on? Isn't that like a dead Pest target? That's... Wait, is that still in the game? Yeah. Terrible, yeah. yeah it's oh yeah, it is. <laughs> outside of the Fesher might uh, 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 mechanic, like, is there any reason why if if would would you be able to buff that in any respectable manner would that would actually be competitive or just be like a like a stupid thing to buff because i don't think i don't find find it interesting unless wounds are actually something that you really want to manage that actually have an importance so i mean at that at this point why not just replace that with i don't know how ne necrotic play would work on that role but at this point like uh, well, that one's a little bit more tricky because the only really good way to make it competitive is to increase its proc chance significantly and remove the cap it has on wounds it's able to apply. Because right now it'll only ever apply 10 wounds, period. If you have 50 enemies, you get 10 wounds out in the first tick, you're done. It doesn't do anything else after that point. So they really need to remove the cap on wounds generated and increase the amount of uh, or increase the chance of wounds being generated while it's down massively for it to be able to complete with uh, compete with Unholy Pact because Unholy Pact is just so strong right now. Tons of fire damage, or sorry, tons of shadow damage from the chains, and then you have a strength buff on top of it. It's just what nothing's going to compete with that unless it's stupidly strong. What what if they bake a uh, fester mite into it somehow and then you know just balance the numbers out? You really want that festival? That's a solution. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was really the fun tree, in the way, man. Like in the talent tree would reinforce the already running infect clause bursting source build in a very fun and interactive mm. way. So I feel like that that's definitely a possibility. If if we replace pestilence with uh, festermite, that it has a very large probability of actually being run in a mythic plus setting. We we talk like the the wound build has is gone, like you don't play it, but running infected cores, bursting source, and unholy salt is definitely a viable strategy in this specific set of scenarios. It brings a ton of AoE damage and it can help your group if you're lacking AoE. And like, definitely. if we see a council fight in like a different tier where there's like four targets at once or something like that, uh, that build will just be absolutely nutty. Like in all honesty, the amount of clear damage will be ridiculous. I was going to say though, even if we change the 45 talent row, there's still Defile sticking out like a sore thumb, which, yeah, Defile's still also pretty bad. I'm surprised it's still in the game. I feel like they kind of, they've tried to make Defile work because if you look at Night Fae and Death's Dew, there are a lot of going in there, you're thinking, ah, here's some interesting synergy, right? You have the uh, strength buff where you can roll with Defile if the duration is long enough 
that kind of thing. And it, it looks very strong on paper. Actually, with the new legendaries, the new Nightfade legendary, it makes uh, Death Steel buff last for 12 seconds. This makes it technically possible to run that legendary and get the permanent strength buff. However, it's a very tight window. I don't feel like it sees practical play. But, you know, I still feel like they kind of tried to make see, you know, the whole thing with Death's G is kind of geared towards Defile being like an option to play. However, it's just not strong enough. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. I was actually doing some theory stuff on Defile yesterday, actually, trying to see if the changes that we're looking into in um, 9.1 would make Defile like actually good at competing with Act, but it's not quite there. It's actually really close though. So Defile can be a viable build option in Mythic Plus. It's just very, very finicky because Defile itself actually does a pretty decent chunk of damage. It's over a single Scourge Strike and damage for the same rune cost per enemy and it's uncapped. So you're looking at a large AOE packs, it's, it's got some potential, but yeah, I I didn't find anything that made it better than Unholy Pact, but it was still still within the you know, striking range. Were you combining it with Pheromones, the legendary for that? I'm curious. I wasn't actually. That was just Ooh. typical Night Fae, Festermite, or sorry, not Festermite, Frenzied Monstrosity, and then Defile. So, mm. yeah. Oh, could be interesting. <laughs> if you guys remember See, Legion, yeah. Defile used to give Mastery. I feel like that kind of thing can definitely uh, put it up there. Because another problem with Defile, even though oh, it could be competitive in AoE, it brings nothing on single target. So they have to add something else, right? To make it competitive. But, you know, I mean, there's this whole idea that, oh, Defile could be this niche pick for Night Phase, and then you have an only pack for most of the people, and then we could have Festermite for the, the wound build in AoE, and that would make that talent bro, like interesting and exciting, I feel like. Yeah, See, I'll tell uh, you what I think will make Defile interesting again. Giving it back to Blood and just giving it that 10% DR that it had back on Wad. So like back on Wad, when you had when you took Defile, it was like a level 50 talent. But it gave you like 10% damage reduction, which was pretty bad. But it was still, you know, something interesting. I think the only way Defile can really work though is if they just over-design it and just give it like, what, five different buffs that you get when you put it down. Like the only I way mean, to like make a work is to just over-design it, I think. It's already pretty overdesigned, man. <laughs> you know how much work it took yeah. to figure out how that damage scales on it. Yeah. Um. I'm <laughs> seeing the, the ease that they uh, had with uh, putting, uh, what was it, Magus into the talent and uh, ma uh, changing, making a lot of changes to the last row and adding adding unholy pack. Like so many Azurite traits for unholy, they added into the talent. And I was always thinking, like, why didn't they add Freshman? I think maybe they just don't like the the way that unholy can scale. Because I mean, they they are uh, the devs are pretty stubborn about certain things that they don't like. Obviously, with the AOE cap that they added in Shadowlands, it makes it a little bit improbable that they will add Fester Might uh, to the to the spec in the way that it's uh, scaled in BFA. Maybe that's why they didn't add it because it felt like it was definitely what is it? Arguably the the main Azurite trait that we had uh, for Unholy in BFA. Mm -hmm. And like, why would they add Magus? Magus was fun and it's it's a nice flavor. Okay, okay, I can see why they added Magus, but why did they add the chains, right? Why not Festermite? So I, I just need me to believe that maybe their direction in terms of designing is not to let classes scale that much. Although that's why I felt like Unholy's was one of the better specs designed in BFA, at least in Mythic Plus, because you can, you can pick it up as a new Unholy player and have some fun with it, maybe enjoy it. But if you really want to master and if you really want to go that extra level, you can do some crazy shit. And I think that kind of rewarding playstyle is something that, at least for me as an as a never playing unholy player, maybe so interested in the space. Like, oh my god. So if you're if you're telling me if I really work hard and learn this spec, I can just blow everybody out of the water. I mean, how many specs can do that, right? I I can think of yeah, Fire Mage, but I think that's a that, little bit That's the ideal, I think, for for a lot of mm. the, the, the classes, right? You know, as Ben just said, right? It's a good thing to like easy to get into. Hard to master, but once you do master it, it should really feel it, it has It has to be rewarding, man, because yeah. there's so many specs that are designed nicely, but uh, if you okay. master really well, master it's like... Master Survival Hunter. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's And, and you're gonna do like <laughs> like an average Unholy DK, that's... Congratulations. Yeah, that's... Just, just like, bashing on down survivals, don't, don't get you love survival. right just, to, just trying to point out that this is the thing, right? You, you take the time to master a class, but the, the feeling of, of uh, effort to reward is not the same. 
and this is based on how much can it do once you like really play it to the max. You know what I mean? Yeah. All classes should do similarly the same if they're played to their max, but that's not the case. See, I might chime in here real quick. I think the dynamic of Festamite alongside Current Unholy was just too complicated. And they could have put it in, but I think putting it in would have to take out some other dynamic. So like Gargoyle, for example, they would have to like take that out, which could work, but I think there's just a lot of complexity there already with the cooldown stuff and they just yeah. want to like take a step back. Um, I do agree with you though that for the people who did master that dynamic back in BFA, uh, it is kind of unfortunate to see because it was it felt great once you if you really had a tight grasp on the fine aspects of the dynamic for Festamite regarding like ads in Mythic Plus, for example. I can definitely yeah. see that fixed 20 second duration being extremely oppressive with the current lineup. Because, you know, Festamite on 20 second cooldown, you got Unholy Blight and Dark Transformation on a 50 second cooldown, and then you got Apocalypse on another cooldown. That would just add another dynamic, which would just be awful. I feel like uh, you would have to ignore it because it would be very, very difficult to actually play around properly. But they can change yeah. it. Like rolling stacks, it's an easy solution, which would make it not that nasty lining up when i say rolling stack Definitely. by the way that essentially means that if you if you apply one stack it has a fixed duration and then you just drop and each stack has its own duration so if you pop a lot of wounds at the same time it kind of goes up a lot and that's a nice thing but then they don't all drop at the same time they drop like one by yeah kind of like how one by one. Mm. works for bears i guess so you just pop one instance exactly of a of a yeah, buff or yeah, debuff, yeah. it has its own separate duration, and uh, yeah. that's actually that's actually not bad. It's it's an interesting gameplay because then you can might maybe snap a point where you could have the max amount of wounds. You can assume mm, leads me to believe like kind of how you use uh, chains of ice for frost, where you just want to use it at the most amount of strength, and if it aligns well, and you also get a, an unholy, uh, oh god damn it, the the rune rune force proc. I I, I cannot uh, unholy strength. strength. Unho unholy strength. Yeah. Also on top of it, I'm like that's a lot of damage, right? So rolling stacks as well sounds like, it's like oh, I will never get 13 stacks uh, again. So let, let's just do something with the with the buff. That that seems like an interesting thing. And it keeps the 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 playstyle varied the way that they like to, because they like to add a little bit of RNG. And I can understand how RNG is viewed because I don't know. Does Unholy have any form of RNG outside of the pestilence talents? I guess sudden, sudden, doom rocks, the, uh, sudden doom that's a, that's about it yeah, and, yeah. and it's fine i think unholy is maybe one of the only specs that they managed to design really well without rng because i'm thinking about boomy that had almost no rng this uh this this tier and although the, uh, damage notwithstanding um uh, the rotation is fun but it gets stale really quick because it's the same thing it's you do you do the, the same thing over <laughs> Mar marcia doesn't like doesn't like <laughs> <laughs> boom kid. It's I fine. Man. The boom they're kid they're, they're holding the funeral. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was just uh, gonna, going to say because uh, we're getting kind of getting closing to, to the end. Um, just in terms of other, other stuff in 9.1, is there anything you guys would like to touch upon or have we covered everything from, from, from the information that has currently dropped? Or maybe something you would like to see mm. added or fixed? Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I beat the dead horse regarding legendaries? Because I, I thought of something really cool before. Uh, okay, so here's a redesign for Abomination's Frenzy. You change the procs it gives. So it gives something for blood, it gives maybe like killing machine procs for frost, and it... Maybe sudden doom procs for unholy? Maybe it applies festamite to like nearby targets? I don't know. Uh... Or maybe it gives like your pet like a rolling dark transformation buff or something like that. I think something like that could be a lot more interesting because it doesn't make it less powerful. It just makes it more interesting. So I think that's yeah. definitely where they should be going regarding uh, changing the legendaries at least. Yeah, I agree with you there. For Unholy, it's kind of tricky because if you give it sudden mm. doom, it just scales wildly better in AoE, which is kind <laughs> of the niche of the legendaries anyway, so... It'd probably be fine. <laughs> I'm very happy with current unholy. I feel like we we kind of we don't need anything changed in 9.1. I will if it's the same thing 9.1, I'll be very happy. 
no worries at all. I'm fine with the new legendaries not being strong because I like the old ones. I'm fine with the new Soulbind system because it kind of just reinforces the ones we picked before. Actually, small comment there, M and I is not looking too strong. So the whole M and I versus M debate might be solved in 9.1. Currently, we have this very like somewhat, I wouldn't say annoying, but you can pick M and I or M M and I kind of is nice because it buffs your raid, right? But it doesn't bring you as much personal DPS. Airman brings you a personal DPS. And everyone sees Airman logs and it's kind of like, ah, do you want to be better for your raid or do you want better for yourself? And that's a bit, sometimes a, a tricky choice to make. So 9.1 might usually. remove that choice and we can just run Airman to bring the most personal DPS as we want. But yeah, overall, very happy with the spec. Excited to play 9.1, but didn't expect too much changes. And I would be happy if there aren't too many changes either. When it comes to the 9.1 stuff for DK, the only thing that's really interesting to me overall, I kind of brushed on it earlier, is the third potency conduit scaling with Frost. Breath doesn't get a whole lot from it, but then Obliteration gets so much from it. It actually <clears throat> puts it to the point where Obliteration in single target could very well outperform Breath of Sindragosa. And really, really interesting because, oh yeah, yeah, banter. So I was doing some testing Damn. the other day. Uh, you this right, is kind of why I'm, Damn. I need to this is why I mentioned Pelagos earlier. Uh, I mentioned Pelagos earlier because it works insanely well with Obliteration. You have your one minute massive mastery buff. You now have the three potency conduits, which, you know, Obliteration benefits a ton from. Then you have that new ability, that random strength buff, 12% strength, which is multiplicative with pillar, unholy strength. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that could happen with Obliteration for Kyrian going into 9.1. It could very well be one of the best single target DPS in the game, given that you're able to take advantage of it. It's kind of nuts. <laughs> I don't want to be a Kyrian we DK, might, man. We might just uh, do another <laughs> soon enough Frost DK episode again, right? <laughs> uh, I'm always down for some good vibes, you know? Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Um, I will say that in PvP, Unholy needs help. Oh my god. Unholy is in a very sorry state for PvP. At the very least, Necrotic Strike should be baseline by now. Like, holy crap. If I can put in a wish list for Unholy, I want to fester my T-set. <laughs> fester my T-set. I, 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 just, I just want to see it back, man. I just want to play it again. Please. It was such a fun dynamic. Please no more CDR into your sets, Blizzard. I beg you. My oh, sanity no, can only take so, so much. <laughs> I bet you they'll bring like a tears out for Frost and it just like reduces the cooldown of Pillow Frost or something dumb like that. <laughs> we already got Ice Cap, man. That would be a uh, uh, pod. Send up them on Pillow Frost, confirm. Oh, pod. <laughs> Is that 8.3 again? <laughs> You're literally a two-button rotation. You press like Helling Blast and you press the plenary. <laughs> Imagine just continuous obliteration. Oh, it just... <laughs> oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> Obliteration does so much damage in its windows, that would be broken. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're actually getting to the end a little bit, and we talked about uh, Necrotic Playback, but just to keep it in, in touch with like how we do, how we end these podcasts, uh, if you were to, uh, like Marcellian uh, obviously put it, if you were to design like one uh, one new talent or ability for Unholy, or you know, we can we can talk about bringing stuff back. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that part again. It's, it's that part. It's like get those brain juices going. Uh, what what would you add to the spec, either as a talent or as an ability, legendary or whatever? Something that you know would be really cool to have. From my point of view, you know, in BFA, I was sorely lacking some kind of interactivity with the pet damage. I go back to this again and again. You know, BFA sucked for Noli, but I'm gonna say it again. Everything from your pets was just completely passive. You pop it off and then you have no interaction with it at all. Now in Shadowlands, we've got Unholy Blight. And that is great just because of this. You, have, you can buff your pet damage and that just makes it feel a lot more interactive. I was going to say to bring back, you know, those Legion Shoulder Legendary, which buffed your pet by 40% whenever you press Dark Transformation. But at the current state of the game, I don't feel like that's needed anymore. In BFA, it was very much needed, but Shadowlands, we got Blight, and I feel that's sufficient. I'm going to say, remove Pestilence and put in Festimite. I feel like that would be very interesting and reintroduce a very fun gameplay. With a caveat of using rolling stacks, otherwise it's going to be awful. Not awful, but annoying to the high degree. So I've actually already thought about this a ton. 
And my ideal would probably be in a situation where Necrotic Plague is already back in the town tree. Ne uh, Necrotic Plague, right, uh, if it was put back in right now, it would feel a little bit out of place because you'd have to incorporate the extension to it by popping Festering Wounds, most likely, because Festering Strike right now doesn't extend the duration of our diseases, anything like that. So the only situation I can see where playing that kind of situation, it gives a purpose for wounds, by the way, which is nice, but only benefit I can see to playing that type of uh, situation would be if you were to incorporate Ebb and Fever, I believe it's called, uh, our tier 30 talent, something like that, second row, uh, right next to Unholy Blight, giving you the option to reduce the duration of Necrotic Plague, but increase its damage by, I think it's 30%, allowing you to really incorporate that skill-based gameplay into Necrotic Plague, where you're really trying to extend its duration, but it's also still doing tons of damage without having to rely on, sorry, on Unholy Blight, which is what was used to build it up back in God. With that in mind, it kind of leads to three different paths you could take down the talent tree too. If you're going for a more pet-oriented setup, you have you know your all will serve. You have your unholy blight. You have uh, army of the damned or gargoyle, depending on what you wanted to do. Then you have the wound-based setup where you're going infected claws, bursting sores, and holy assault. Or if you're going necrotic plague, you have the option of going you know ebb and fever, clawing shadows, and then all the way down you have necrotic plague gives you three separate playstyles for Unholy, all within a single talent tree, which would be really cool in my honest opinion. I just thought of one thing. This is more, again, a bit of a wishlist thing. Uh, fix control undead for Unholy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it doesn't work properly, yeah. Okay, yeah, this is a curveball. This is something I thought of ages ago. <clears throat> Delete the rune system and <laughs> bring in a mix and match system instead. That way we'd finally be able to actually use... Oh, God, what is the Runeforge called that applies, like, the pet debuffs? Apocalypse? Uh, yeah, Runeforge Rune, Apocalypse. Yeah, Rune of the Apocalypse. Yeah, that way we can actually finally use that. <laughs> um, the mix and match. But yeah, Rune, Runeforge changes. Runeforge changes. We've been using, what, Fallen Crusader for, like, 15 years now? <laughs> 10 years? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. You have, say, three different choices and you can mix and match whatever ones you want. And then when you spend that rune, that effect is maybe disabled for the period while it's recharging. Now I understand. So you're saying you replace the uh, default runes and then you kind of pick them out of your rune fortress in a way. Is that what you mean? Yeah, so you, ha yeah, so you have like a damage component, a utility component, and then like a defensive component. And you get a pick like out of the three components. So like one component would have like Stone Skin Scargoyle versus Sanguination. One would have Fallen Crusader versus Apocalypse. And then another one would have like some third thing. Spell warning versus something. I don't know. And there's and there's like design room there as well. So they can just it's very easy to invent new ones because it's uh not homogenous design. It's when it's like a part of something, it's like the same thing that the essences were. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the they, they instantly added, yeah. what is it, three, four extra room forges just in, in one patch? I mean, a 9.0, right? V going from Gargoyle, uh, Fallen Crusader, and uh, uh, Razor Eyes. So now we have three more, right? Four more? It's like Apoc four more, yeah. Apocalypse, Apocalypse Sanguination, Spell Warding. Oh, Hysteria. Yeah, five more, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, they just and they they just vomited five extra rune, uh, runes out yeah. there that are that are pretty much underwhelming. Like one, some of them might might yeah. see play. Like, but well, all right. Well, I hope uh, the devs <laughs> are watching. Like, hey guys, hey look, look free yeah. brainstorming. Exactly. Yeah, no, 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 not part of. Yeah, here's your idea for next expansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from here, guys. You know, I mean, I, I know, I know, it's wishful thinking, but I really do do hope at least some of some of these devs. Uh, uh, but getting a little bit of information, at least to, you know, from the players and actually people who take the time to like look at all the things and have the experience and see exactly how it goes. I'm hopeful for that actually. But uh, I think we can uh, we can safely end it here because um, you know the, some of the boys really need to get going yeah. out to other places and so do we. Um, that that being said, uh, 
first of all, check out you know Banter on, on his Twitter with on, and on Acarus as well. Its link is gonna be in the description. Uh, uh, Taze uh, also in Acarus and obviously Biceps uh, on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, as well as in, in, in Acuras. I think uh, this has been a great discussion. I'm actually, for the first time in my life, thinking about getting back oh, my DK oh, and oh, trying shit. out trying out on Hold. <laughs> I mean, Last time you played Frost, damn. right? Uh, we talked it, we hopped it up, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I was really, really, I don't know, I don't know if, uh, bought and sold by biceps actually, because um, he really made like a strong argument that that unholy feels kind of good and complete uh, in Shadowlands. I never played it before, so I, I, that's a win for me. I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. I just hope because I'm that type, probably like you as well, the type that really wants to get into the max level of play of it. And if I'm not be able to do that, I'm just gonna drop it so hard. Oh man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, thank you guys for- Yeah, thank you know, so much. It was it was yeah. so fun nerding out, guys. And oh, yeah. uh, if you uh, guys like the Unholy, you should definitely check the Frost DK podcast. It's up on our channel. It's everywhere oh, yeah. where we have podcasts. There's some cool topics uh, going on about that. And uh, yeah, we're check probably us, check check us out on Spotify, mobile, yeah. uh, uh, Apple Podcast, you know, iTunes, iTunes, all of the places, Google Podcasts, we're all, all over the place. If you want to listen to it, or you can check out the the video as well. All it's good. We shall uh, see you next time with a brand new spec. I think it's either Feral or Bear, but I think Feral is going to be the first on the line. So uh, stay tuned because you cannot quote me on that. Not not yet. Okay. Thanks so much for listening, for watching. You guys have a great week ahead. Take care. Bye. Still, I play wow. Still, I play wow.